0: And welcome to WonderPod. <laughs> well, <that's all>
1: right. <laughs> I, I apparently was not muted. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, WonderPod audience.
0: Episode one ninety one.
1: Let, let me take a drink of my water so I can burp too.
0: Okay, I am, I am completely lost the plot. I am Bruce <laughs> McGee <laughs> And what? 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 The disembodied voice doesn't understand. Is that was the strangest sound I think I've ever heard. It didn't sound like a cough. It didn't sound like somebody clearing their throat. It was like, ah, ah. <laughs> like shit. Half me's like trying to power through. Half me's going. Is one of my co-hosts choking to death? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I like it though. It's an off the rail start to the show. This is gonna be a good episode. Oh, uh, oh, joining dude. me this week, as he always does. You just heard him. <laughs> it's John.
1: Excuse me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that mute button's a bitch. Either we leave it on too long, or it's not on when you fart, burp, clear yeah, I, your b- nose.
1: I, I I basically started started to cough, clicked it, uh, and then and then accidentally clicked it twice, I think, and then I realized that in mid cough, and then sounded really weird because I was trying to quiet it down.
0: I've done that a couple times, where I thought it was muted. Drinking mm-hmm. water might like you know i've got some hard candy or something here i might be eating that or or, you know have it in my mouth and i'll look down and see the red lines not there (laughs) and when i go back through the show i listen in horror no that don't sound too bad okay most of the time when we make that fuck up it usually isn't too audible (laughs) to the audience (laughs) thank god uh also joining us this week as he always does, he doesn't have class tomorrow from 12 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Don't ask us to explain it. We don't get it either. It's Glacinator.
2: Yes, hello. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. Three-day weekend. Well, four-day, because i didn't have class a day. Gosh. And I have robot ladies calling me to tell me that I don't have to go to class. And
3: Man. This, do they
2: actually The, sound the future like, is great.
0: Do they actually sound like robotic, or is it just the standard?
2: Is it like the answering machine voice? Yeah, it was like the answering machine voice but it like, called my phone and i was like what and when i picked up the phone it was like halfway through giving the message so like it just repeats itself and so like i think i listened like two times before i realized it was repeating <laughs> um, hello there will be no class tomorrow from 12 am to 12:30 p.m. <laughs> la,
0: That's okay when i worked for the state of Alabama at Auburn university i didn't know i had an Auburn university email account at the time i didn't have a computer at home either and i kept like hearing about these memos that i should have read and i never got a copy so i ignored it finally somebody goes you do realize you have an email account here with Auburn university right I'm like, really? And so I went into my boss's office and accessed my school email, and there's like 300 messages in there about school events, memos I'd missed,
3: <laughs> other
0: things going on. It's like, and nobody had ever told me this when I became a permanent employee at the university that I had an email account.
3: <laughs> I like, oops. Oopsie.
0: I checked it once a week after I knew it existed. <laughs> Oh, God bless the university system. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going first this week of what we've been playing. How's mm. that strike you? Oh, mostly because the only thing I've been playing is Worm Online, farming to keep my animals alive, and Oblivion. I I bought, uh, caved in and bought the Shivering Isles DLC that I had never played. Finding it interesting, past that, it's still more Oblivion. It's not quite Skyrim. It's not quite Morrowind. It's Elder Scrolls, and I can sink 30 or 40 hours in an Elder Scrolls game without much uh, urging to. So, there you go. That's what I've been playing. John, <laughs> what have you been playing this week? <laughs> that me going first thing popped into my head like at the last second.
1: I'm like, wait a minute, I know what I'll do. <laughs> mm-hmm, nice touch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, anyway, what you been up to this week? Yeah, not not a whole lot on the, on the new block this, uh, this week, but... I did uh get through the the slaughterhouse slog on beyond good and evil, so that's coming along I, I think I'm about to go into the the i guess it was pretty well the final phase of the game, so that should be wrapped up this week well I don't know I, I got a lot of stuff on the go at work, so we'll see how that goes but uh hopefully we'll get through I might get through that this week in mario three d world uh in in that news uh i I unlocked the hidden character and I'll say who it is because Nintendo themselves revealed a video, so this is hopefully this is not too much of a spoiler. But I unlocked Rosalina, who is the princess from the Mario Galaxy games, or game. I'm not sure. I can't remember if she's in number two, but she's in number one anyway, and she and she's now a playable character. So. So, which brings it up to a total of five. And so, as I mentioned before, uh, each of the characters have their own abilities. Uh, the other four are Super Mario 2 style. So, Mario is the all around average guy. Luigi has the flutter jump and can go and jump a bit further. Uh, Toad, he's uh, fast and runs around. Um, he's a smaller target as well. So,. You kind of weave in, in around stuff a bit better. And Princess does that little hover jump. Um, but Rosalina, on the other hand, uh, her ability is uh, kind of like what Mario's was in, in, in Galaxy when you, when you waggle the remote. He does this kind of spin jump attack thing. So that means that she's able to uh, attack enemies without having to have a power-up. Her jumping is not that spectacular. She doesn't run any faster, nothing like that. But she has this, this attack ability. So that kind of... The the way I've heard Princess Peach described in that game is that she's kind of like, you know, the the easy character, so people don't, uh, you know, if if you're a a novice player or a young player, she's a bit better because she doesn't necessarily fall to her death all the time, because you can kind of hover and give yourself an opportunity to place your landing, so... Rosalina is kind of in that vein, except that now if enemies are charging you, and they do charge at you a lot in this game, actually, at a pretty good at pretty good speed, uh, especially when there's multiple enemies on the screen, uh, she she can knock them away, kind of, kind of like the the raccoon tail would be, you know, if you if you want to compare. So she has that on her all. She's that's her ability all the time. Um, so yeah, she, she you know she it's cool to have a fifth character. Peter was pretty excited when he found when he found out about it because I did it. Uh, uh, I unlocked her one evening, I think, when he was in bed. As I was playing the Rainbow, uh, not Rainbow Road. It's the, um, the 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 special world, and all with with the higher difficulty levels. And this was she's unlocked after you do the second one. So, which is Mario Galaxy themed. It was pretty good. But the the big thing I've, I've done this week uh, is I finished the storyline of Lego Marvel Superheroes uh, for 360. And uh, yeah, I, I really have to say there's, there is a lot of entertainment crammed into that into that game on a lot of levels. Um, there's lots of things to do. like there's, you know, when you're going in between storyline beats, uh, it turns into an open world game, that the overworld is Manhattan with all the all the Marvel buildings and stuff in it. So you've got Stark Tower and the Fanta and the Baxter building. But then Marvel HQ is there and you can go in there and do a bonus mission where, you know, all you know, the editors are in there under attack from from the vulture and Howard the Duck. Uh it's kind of funny. And uh but there's you know, there's all kinds of little secret missions that Deadpool has his own series of things where you go in, he tells a little story, a little funny story and stuff. And uh, you know, it's a Lego game, so there's lots of unlockable characters that you can basically uh, buy with collecting lots of pieces and stuff. You know, it's I think I'm, I think I talked about this briefly if, a couple of weeks ago when we came back from Christmas break. And it's, you know, for kids, there's so much here, little things here to, to do and run around. Um, some of those, those, of course, doesn't make much sense. Like, why is Thor... Uh, you know the God of Thunder, you know fetching coffee across town for some for some uh, hillbilly hick on the on the side of the road. But you know it's Lego, or, or why is Iron Man driving a school bus <laughs> up and down the road? Because it's Lego, you know. So it's pretty funny and some of the absurd things that you get these guys to do um, just on just because that's what you do in Lego games. But the open world stuff kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't realize that was even in there. The um, the previous Lego game that I played was Lego Star Wars and that one, you know, in between story levels was kind of just a hub world, like a a basic hub uh, world, very small. It had like a cantina and you can unlo- and there's like a, a bay for for, you know, ships and stuff that you can, you know, unlock if you got the pieces and stuff like that. But this one is it's it's like an open world game. The, and because of that some of the load times are a bit ridiculous uh, in between when you're going from the story beat to the Back to the city because it has to load a whole lot of stuff. Really, um, I like you know saving saving uh, uh, Stan Lee all over the city is pretty fun too when you can find him going help true believer help. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fun game. Peter loves it. You know, there's a zillion characters to unlock. His favorite is still the Hulk. After all this time, though, he uh, he had a brief affair with um, with Captain America and and the Juggernaut. He thought they were pretty cool. Um, and who else? Who who's his other favorite character? Uh, he, he, he likes Venom. And some of the animations on some of these characters. Yeah, uh, one thing I mentioned on Twitter. Uh, speaking of animations, are, are the little things that they that they acknowledge in the game that really, they really don't have to. Like for example, uh, I noticed that Juggernaut. And at, well, I, actually, uh, this is a little bit untrue. I noticed that this wasn't entirely true. But I th- what I thought I, I noticed was that Juggernaut was the only. Big character. You can unlock, you know, big guys like the Hulk and Juggernaut, and also small ones. Juggernaut was the on, is the only guy who will run and smash cars while he runs. And I I, I seem to have proven myself wrong. Unless it changed up uh, after I, after after I beat the game, maybe what happened was, every, you know, all the big guys get to do it now. But but I distinctly remember when I tried it out, Juggernaut was the when well, I hadn't finished the game. Juggernaut was the only guy who would run, charge, and knock cars out of his way buses you name it like trees anything that was breakable would smash in front of him i thought that was a pretty cool thing like nobody else was doing it or uh, the other one was what um oh yeah when you when you find the sentinels the 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 big robot things that that that, uh, hunt down and kill uh x-men he will not attack unless you uh, initially unless you are a mutant so if you run up to him and you're Iron Man and Captain America, you, can, you know he's looking for mutants. He's going, "Hello, are you?" You know, and and then fun, with funny dialogue, he goes, "Hello, are you a mutant? I would like to destroy you if you are." <laughs> that kind of stuff. And uh, but then you turn the the moment you turn, say Captain America into Wolverine, boop, he he realizes who you are and he's, I'm you know, and then he starts, "Ah, oh, I've sen- I sense a, a mutant. I'm going to destroy you," and he comes chasing you and there's a big battle ensues. So uh yeah it's, it's it's a pretty fun game uh, I'm, I'm, i didn't i di- i didn 't play any of the other ones like the batmans the lego uh indiana jones that kind of stuff uh, or the or the other <laughs> lego star wars game because it does seem very monotonous type stuff and there there is an element to that of of monotony in it but it keeps you occupied. Like if you've got nothing on the go, you just want to do a few side missions and collect some more pieces and lots of more characters. Like there's lots of opportunity to do that. And um, and the story in the game was pretty good. Like you know, like right from the get-go in the opening screen, you know, you you are made aware that Galactus is on his way. But then the, through the twists and the turns and the, and the story and the the heroes and the villains teaming up to do these different things, uh, a lot up to up to that crescendo um, in the story is It's pretty fun and it's pretty funny, uh, you know. Hulk saying things like, "Hulk smash," uh, you know, to to Wolverine. Hulk smash ugly sideburns, you know. This like little little things like that is pretty great, and vo- the voice acting is pretty decent. So, you know, if you got kids or if you're not a kid, if you you know, you'll ha- you'll have fun with this for at least a while. Um, you know, I, th- I think I got it for thirty bucks, which isn't too bad. And yeah, check it out. And that's what I've been playing this week.
0: Licenator, what have you been playing?
2: So I can go back to reading comics.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, well, mostly this week, I've just been doing more Animal Crossing. Um, I'm finally getting the haircut place built. Oh, exciting, I know. Uh, to what, get only, the hair-
1: only, only now?
2: Only now, yes. And the reason why is because I hadn't even had the shoe store until last week. And the reason Whoa. why I didn't have the shoe store... It's because I never bought anything in the clothing shop, because every time I go in the clothing shop, it's always like frilly dresses every time, and I'm like, I don't want to buy uh-huh. that. And so you have to spend like at least ten thousand bells in the clothing shop to unlock the shoe store, and then you spend seven thousand in the shoe store to unlock the haircut place. So finally, getting the main part of the city built out, which has taken more than longer than I wanted, but Basically, I just had to power through. I, I, I looked it up to see why I hadn't had my uh, haircut place yet, like how you unlocked it, and I had I saw the steps I needed to do. So I was fine, I'll buy all the girly stuff. But I don't know why my town only has girly clothes. That's all it has, and it's it's like a repeat too. It shovels through like the same six dresses. And like what's really funny is uh, when you go to the clothing place and you want to buy something, and let's say let's if and if you have a guy character and you say you want to buy a dress you can try it on first, and if you try on the dress, the, uh, the porcupine lady that works there will be like, oh, so I see we're feeling, feeling a little adventurous today, aren't we? Like, <laughs> really? Well, yes, wow. all these innuendos in this game are hilarious. But the main reason why I wanted the haircut place is because after I had not played for a while, when you first come out of your house, if you haven't played for like three months or something, I don't know how long it is, then your hair is all messed up, like you've been sleeping in your bed for a really long time. So I have bed—I've he- been having bedhead hair in this game for the past two weeks, just because I can't get my hair cut anywhere. So it's been frustrating me. Um, other than that, uh, can we talk about board games on this show? It's not a video game.
0: Yeah. That- which particular board game? Like, are we talking? Kid stuff, like Monopoly, or are we talking more like Settlers of Catan? Settlers of Catan stuff. Okay, cool, yes. I would approve of either. Why my approval matters, I have no fucking idea. But I
2: think our no, audience no, actually is been probably playing Shoots uh, and Ladders uh, this past week. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I take that back. There's more comedy. There's more potential comedy in Shoots and Ladders, I think.
2: Uh, <laughs> anyway, what have you been playing that's board
0: game-like?
2: Well, um, my roommate has just been really pissed off with video games lately and the way they're going. And he has a PlayStation. He's like, oh, PS Plus never has anything. I'm paying for this and DRM this. He's one of those people that really is like not, just not into it anymore. And so he's been getting really back into board games a lot recently. And he, ar- he already has a lot that he's brought back from his house. Like he uh, has this uh, G- Lego game that he brought back called Lego Creator, which basically you just go around the board and you. Uh, pick up Lego pieces and you have to try to build objects. And it's, I mean, it's a kid's game but it's fun. But the main game that we've been playing recently is a game called Castle Panic. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. It's fairly new. I think it came out maybe last year or two years ago. But it's basically a tower defense cooperative board game. And the way that works is that in the middle of the board, you have a, basically the board is a hexagon. And uh, in the middle of the board, you have six tower spaces where you, where you set up little cardboard towers. And then around those towers, you set up six walls. And what happens is that every turn, you reach into a monster pile, and you draw two monster tokens. And you put those on the board, and you roll a dice, and one through six, and that's the side of the hexagon they go on. And this escalates, and you roll, and more monsters show up, and they, keep, they advance every turn. And the way that you stop the monsters is that you draw cards, and uh, you draw five cards, and you're playing with other people, so you're all working together to kill the monsters before they get to your walls, destroy the walls, and then destroy the towers. And if you lose all your towers, they lose. You lose. Um, and it's fun because you're all working together. You know, so you can sort of plan out how things are going to happen. Like, uh, okay, the next turn, this monster is going to be uh, on the knight space as opposed to the archer space, so one space closer. So let me trade you an archer card for a knight card or whatever. That way I can attack on my turn, you can attack on your turn. And it goes around like that. But then there's also boss monsters as well that have special effects. So if you draw a monster token and it's a Goblin King, the Goblin King summons three more monsters that you have to put down the same turn. Or, you know, there's a healer that heals everything on the board. Um, there's an orc warlord or something that makes all the monsters move up one space on the board when he comes out. Uh, and there's different effects, too, that you can draw. Like, there's a boulder that will destroy everything in one lane, or, you know, um, stuff stuff can uh, move cl- counterclockwise or clockwise around the board. So, I mean, it's really fun. It's one of the few games I've ever played that we're all working together, and it's really unusual. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, the ex- we just got the expansion, which came in today, which adds, like, ten different monster types. And now there's dragons that move any way they want, and, uh, like, uh, warlocks and stuff, and I don't know, it's a really fun game. Uh, if you could find like a video of it online that might be able to explain it better, that would probably be more helpful, but if you're looking for a good, fun board game to play with that's sort of geeky, but pretty fun in the same way, in terms of that no one gets mad at anyone else, then I would definitely suggest it. And that's what I've been playing.
0: So, tell us the truth. Did your... Animal Crossing dude become an Animal Cross Dressing dude? Could
2: you help yourself? Uh, Well, that's the thing. To get the shoe store unlocked, I had to buy enough money. Uh, I had to use enough money in the clothing shop. So I did buy the dresses because I needed to spend the money. I sold those dresses. You can take that as you will, but yes, I did buy some dresses in Animal Crossing.
0: Did your character actually wear them? That's more my question.
2: Well, he did try them on (laughs) in the clothing store to get that line of dialogue to come up. uh.
0: Have either of you... I'm noticing a pattern here. Like, Glacinator can only get six dresses. You two just literally battering your heads against the walls, attempting to get the virtual boy... And at last count, super fan Roger, I think the last picture I saw has like five of the fucking things.
3: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, have either of you attempted to to delete and start over?
1: Oh, that wouldn't be pure.
0: Oh, no. oh I can't I
2: do that. I can't do that. It's I like killing don't everyone. give
0: a rats testicle licking <laughs> ass about pure do you think okay let me okay fine you nintendo purists let me ask you this do you think that would change the formula like maybe giving you better opportunities at the virtual boy or non-transvestite clothing for male characters
2: i think it it might just because it's been really unusual like how consistent the items in my shops have been like i've gone online and looked through like the different like the full catalogs of items. And, like, there's stuff I've never seen at all. And, I, I mean, I played a lot last summer, as you know. Like, I played every day for, like, three hours. And I never saw any of that stuff. And I'm still getting the same stuff today, so. I, there may be some truth to that.
0: But neither of you are willing to take the plunge? No. No. My God, yeah, you'd think I was asking him to shoot one of their testicles off or something. I don't know what it is with me and testicles tonight. Um, I bet that's it, though. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing this being the MMO head of the group. I'm seeing this as like there's a higher percentage chance of certain loot dropping. In this case, things to buy or f- trade in for fortune cookies. And then there's rare rolls. Which, you know, like, you guys' two towns may only have a 2% chance of rolling a virtual boy. Whereas, Roger's Town apparently has like a 70% chance. (laughs) Well, let me rephrase that. It's looking like maybe more like 85%. I don't know. I don't know the exact percentiles. But but it seems almost like they have this uh, almost rolling algorithm similar to RPGs and, and MMO RPGs that that determine and dictate what you get. And that, frankly, is an outside observer through the whole entire uh, you know, contest debacle. And now that seems kind of ridiculous given what this game is. Or maybe that they should have been a little more upfront about Hey, you know not everything's distributed <laughs> equally
1: yeah i it, i do not know, I, don't know. I, I think it might it, it probably would break my heart to restart and see what that what the up what the changed algorithm would give me like it's you got, it, it's weird to say, but you do kind of get attached to who's in your town and stuff, and you know the whole idea of the game is that they're 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 you're supporting them and you're can't taking care of them and blah blah blah. It just it's it's like trying to it's like deleting a dog from the dogs. Can't, do <laughs> can't, can't do it. Can't do it.
0: The closest thing I can think of. Well, two examples, and it's both in, in true sandbox games. For a long time, I carried around a big backlog of single player maps I'd made in Minecraft because I couldn't dare part with them. And then I have one deed or village, however you'd like to term it, in Worm that I've thought about selling, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and just can't bring myself to do it or just get rid of it because it's not ideal for what I'm trying to do in Worm today. So it makes sense. Um, maybe you just, one of you needs to get a second 3DS and download it again.
1: <laughs>
0: There's the solution.
1: If Peter ever gets if, if if Peter ever gets his own 2ds or something, then maybe.
0: <laughs> I like how that's a maybe. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Nintendo, first and only professional segue the show will ever fucking have. They have not done well and had to re-calibrate. I'm gonna use that word. Their financial forecast, because neither the 3DS nor the Wii U has sold as well as they had forecasted that they would have. Um, the the reaction to this runs from the extremely stupid to the extremely stupid. <laughs> now, I will explain that in that you have the no- hardcore Nintendo fanboys who are just explaining it away in some of the most ridiculous, Ridiculous, head buried in the sand or potentially in their asses method. And then you have Wall Street and some of the uh, quote-unquote journalists who are trying to pretend they understand a fucking thing about business claiming that the end is nigh for Nintendo. My my question is, or so of course they trotted out Iwata to discuss this um, he reiterated his stance that there will be no Nintendo games on on uh, on mobile devices but they need to do a better job of encouraging people to come, to come to their consoles using mobile devices John let's start with you on that point did that make any sense at all to you that set of Thoughts that we're not putting Mario on iPhone or Android, but we need to use that to draw people into our other devices.
1: Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I don't think, I, I, don't think they should put Mario and all their titles on iPhones. I'll say that up front, but I do think they need to get their their brand and the and their you know. The systems in people's faces, more than they've been doing, and if 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 what he means is using mobile uh, as as a as a platform for for uh, advertising or c- consumer outreach or uh, you know an app that will connect you to your Wii you or you know like some in- some kind of integration you know I, I I can see it that way but but you know it's Nintendo not being clear of what he means <laughs> Well, they,
0: they, yeah because essentially they, that's not system sellers like, like no. Xbox smart glass isn't a system seller I, no. I use it on my tablet which I'm using tonight uh, in a little change of pace as a web browser uh, just because I felt like it but I use it occasionally to turn my Xbox on when I'm sitting out in the living room proving mm. what a just unmotivated fucking slob I am <laughs> when I'm home, you know, when I when I, when it's my time, but that doesn't sell systems. No. I, th- this whole thing, and if you read the articles, uh, listeners that that we read, it they chopped up his quotes in such a way that it was really hard to get a cognizant thread. But once you did get a cognizant thread of what they're talking about, they're talking about it was basically PR bullshit because they were talking about restructuring how Nintendo does things and then essentially just bowing their neck at what they need to do. You know, to 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 exist in this modern world. I I don't it doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying what I'm I'm not advocating John that they put all their back catalog on right. mobile but Square's more relevant to me because there's a few Final Fantasies kicking around on mobile, mostly because the prices are outrageous.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you have to have something more than marketing. Although it's getting tougher to define what marketing is, because one thing we're not going to talk about on this show this week is the the uproar over Microsoft and EA paying YouTubers when they, uh, uh, you know, 100 bucks or whatever for saying good things about their products. Mm-hmm. To me, that's straight-up marketing. To other people, that's just disingenuous shit. So I even I, been having a hard time telling what the hell marketing's supposed to be anymore. Apparently, it follows some kind of arcane, very strict set of rules that if it doesn't please the hive mind, you're dirty, no-good bastards. But um, I, I just, intent, this did not impress me. The forecast didn't bother me. Nintendo's sitting on a massive pile of cash, as is Microsoft, as is Sony for the most part. You know, what the gaming press doesn't do a good job of explaining is the fact that stock prices, while worrying, it's when they start bleeding from the war chest I, I get concerned. And none of the big manufacturers are. No. Apple, Android, Apple, Google, you know, as far as mobile space, and then Microsoft, Sony, and, and Nintendo... Um, in fact, if you want to flip the script there a little bit, because Microsoft's in so many more things, they're probably closer to having to dig into that war chest than Nintendo is. Mm-hmm. To be bro- uh, brutally honest about it. Glace, what did you think of all this? And what do you think of the concept, although we've talked about it briefly on the show before, of Nintendo being on mobile? All that. Anything John and I have talked about.
2: Um, I think it would be great for more episodic stuff. In terms of like uh, how Rayman... Uh, what's the Rayman game that's on uh, iOS? Legends? Jungle Run. Jungle Run. Yeah, Jungle Run. How that sort of works. Not not for more like gigantic stuff. I mean, not that there isn't really any gigantic stuff on iOS, but quick little snippets of things. And I think Nintendo doesn't mind doing those things already. Um, and I think over time they've shown that they're more willing to try new things in terms of Episodic stuff, uh, like the uh, DLC for, uh, is, it, is it Luigi U? Wasn't that DLC? Yeah,
1: that, the, yeah, that was a, a DLC expansion, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, while they're saying no right here, at the same time, I feel like, even though they're saying no, they're still tending towards doing that eventually in the future, if it so comes to it. So... And I don't think they can help that that's just the way that people are consuming things nowadays is in quicker formats and in smaller formats so uh I think it's a missed opportunity, but I mean it's Nintendo they've always like being in-house closed with what they're doing, so I can't say I'm surprised that they're saying no. it's just like I said, it's just a missed opportunity.
0: I'm not hearing anything new here uh, i I don't seems like maybe I surprised John a little bit, but i'm I'm hearing the same. Old man, out of touch, don't understand how the modern tech and gaming works line from... And 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 one thing I did last time that I shouldn't do this time, just because he's a mouthpiece, is I, I'm not going to blame this all on Ayawada this time. I really went after him last time. I, I think Nintendo as a company entirely doesn't get it and this is not doing anything. I mean, this is going to get the shareholders off their back for a bit, but it's not doing anything to give me hope that they're getting a clue of what they need to do next. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking catering to the hardcore trying to battle Microsoft and Sony one on one. I think they still have this uh, having an opportunity and ability to to carve out a niche like they did with the Wii or, or you know, in general. I just don't think you start arbitrarily saying no to anything because you produce a handheld device. Glacenator's actually got a perfect example. To me, if Nintendo wanted to get into the mobile space, you throw some of the really old Super Mario's on there for four or five bucks, and then you make some op- episodic content using your superstars and stuff that ties in or encourages people to buy your bigger devices there's plenty of hooks and baits you can use there
1: so you're thinking in a lot of lines of like like mass effect infiltrator yeah like like uh, a supplementary ios software rather than
0: for the newer stuff yes but I think digging out the back catalog that not too many people are going to fire up a 3DS to play a 2D game that was made 20 years ago. You know, stuff that's not going to hurt your handheld. The 3DS is different than the Vita. The Vita, I can play a lot of the same things that the Vita has on a, on a, on a HD tablet. The 3DS is different in that it's 3D. So putting out some of your back catalog that would be just too nightmarish to put on the 3DS in the eShop or whatever there's no harm to the one device by putting it on mobile you see what I'm saying I'd pay four or five bucks as cheap as I am about mobile for like Super Mario Brothers or Donkey Kong or something along those lines maybe the original Metroid that might be a good fit but but then couple it in with yeah if you want tie-ins or just episodic content that kind of heralds a game mm-hmm. like say you made something along the lines of Rayman Jungle Run with um Zelda that was a tie-in or like a precursor to a full Zelda game on your full heart on your big hardware you know my problem is, is that all these reports, and, and you guys saw the 67 links that were attached to the two different articles I sent you. In all that, reading through everything I want to said, they're just, they just, I get the vibe that they're turning a, ab- they're turning away from it, period, because it's going to hurt our proprietary device, the 3DS. And not if you do it right. Not, a, you know, there are ways to... to, to put yourself in the mobile space without
2: hurting your handhelds.
0: You know. Mm-hmm. You know it's uh, almost
2: like free marketing in a way in, in terms of if you sell it right. I mean, especially episodic, episodic stuff. I mean, if you uh, do like an episodic Mario something and then you, know, you tie that into the Mario that just came out on the Wii U, you know, it's like at the end of every so often and then you can keep playing this on Mario for Wii U. Da-da-da-da-da, you know. Yeah, it's almost
0: back to like demos and shareware. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which I have no issue with. And the thing is is you can make an episodic Mario that goes on a smartphone or goes on an iPad or goes on a Google Nexus or goes on a Samsung and then transfer it to the eShop for the people that bought the Wii U to be played on the tablet controller. See, I mean it's that's that's the other reason this sticks with me so bad you have a tablet controller <laughs> you're halfway there you know and still you can you can manage it in such a way that it doesn't hurt the 3DS you know because if you make a 2 episode teaser for the next Mario on the 3DS in 2D and then say hey if you buy the 3DS version You'll get these two episodes for three for free in three D or something along those lines. I mean, I'm just, you know, brain brainstorming's probably the wrong word. Brain farting here. <laughs> but but th- come on. I am a simple dude who does a podcast on Thursday nights and can come up with ideas. You're telling mm. me a company like Nintendo is so damn stubborn and stuck in their ways that they can't figure the shit out? it doesn't make sense to me their attitudes more of a concern than stock prices and not selling as many units as they should but here's the final thing and the real reason or the the major reason that i brought this issue up again even though we've talked about it a lot before uh or talked about it one time before where we got almost a whole show out of it i think Somebody said on Twitter, and I apologize, I can't remember who exactly they are, but when I'm going through 500 to 1,000 tweets, I'm lucky if I can remember my own name. Um, Nintendo needs to get out their wallet and start buying shit. And their example, I'm not saying that this this is the ideal candidate, but their example was Oculus Rift. Get out your wallet and start buying peripheral makers. Start buying people with... Better shit than you got. a la EA buying studios, Microsoft buying studios, Sony paying off studios to produce only for the PS4. I think yep. with 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 the cash cash chest that Micro the Nintendo has, that's answer number two, as far as I'm concerned. Start well, that, buying that, that's
1: a, that answer number two is is what they should have been doing for a long time. If they were hitting hitting walls on meeting deadlines for for games for their system, they should have been getting people to. Bringing people in to to make it happen. I mean, the 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 complaint of no games for the system was very it was you know there wasn't much to play. So they they really you know they gotta get they want to make good games. You buy good you buy good people. You pay for good people.
0: Well, yeah, but that's that's one aspect. But what about what are your thoughts as a fan of Nintendo on like buying peripheral makers or technology makers? I mean, I used Oculus Rift as an example, but, you know, there's a ton of tech out there. I mean, as much as it's it's been made fun of, the guys that got Oya out the door with an Android operating system probably got some ideas. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are little companies out there that will infuse new ideas into your company.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Glace, what do you think about Nintendo getting out the checkbook and, and and buying up stuff? And do you have any examples of something you think if Nintendo should jump on?
2: Terms of jumping on.
0: Well, you can you can just talk about them. What are your thoughts on them getting out getting out the checkbook and buying stuff? You don't have to come up with a specific example. I just give you the opportunity.
2: I think it would be great, but with Nintendo, I feel like they have their own specific canon. Does that make any sense when I say canon at all?
0: It does. And keep going with that thought because you're actually going to roll right into something I wanted to say. <laughs> and it and I'm 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 liking it. So yeah, it it they do kind of have their own specific canon.
2: Canon isn't the exact right word. I don't know no. what what exactly the word is that I'm looking for. And I'm not it's not style either. It's not the word I'm looking for. Maybe some sort of hybrid between canon and, and Vibe. I, I don't know. But I feel like Nintendo, if they went out and bought ideas, bought developers, companies, whatever you want to... Whatever ideas what ideas are coming for, it would not be the same as the, it being in-house for Nintendo. Ah. Uh, oh, and and oh, I don't think sorry. that would be a good thing for what they're good at. But there's their problem. And to
0: me, the stagnation that has happened, this is the reason for it. In-house. What were we talking about pre-show? You know, I've tried to... And last week when we added the new theme music, I tried to do everything on this show in-house so nobody else had to be bothered or put out or hassled. Right?
3: Mm-hmm. And it,
0: it has stagnated at times due to that. I, have, I understand Nintendo... In a lot of ways, because I have that same thing. If it's going to get done, if I do it, I know it'll get done. And there's nobody else. It's not so much that I have to trust anybody else. I have no issue with that most times, depending on the person. It's more of, it's guaranteed, my OCD is, it's guaranteed to get done if I'm the one doing it. Because I'll drive myself bonkers (laughs) until it gets done. Back to another part of our conversation before the show, John, of making sure it's out Friday morning before Pat and Roger, which is something I am just just nuts about. And that's a problem. That's how things don't get done. That's how cri- creativity gets stifled. Now, the caveat to that is sometimes you have to have compromises, you have to have create, you know, you have to, you have to kind of mold and meld creativity and you'll get issues where, you know, somebody wants it their way and isn't going to budge. Well, that person's got to go. And I think Nintendo's got that issue. I think they have some people in that company that just want to keep doing it. Like is talking about, whether you want to call it Canon vibe or style, my, Nintendo's thing is we've always done it ourselves. Everything's ours. You know, whereas Sony, Microsoft, Samsung, Apple, Google, keep going. They buy, or in some cases, thieve <laughs> ideas, and make them their own. And, and and I I honestly think Glace, as much as I love that about Nintendo, it's killing them. You can't, you cannot. Perpetually keep up with that kind of thing, trying to do it all in house. Take it from somebody who's tried it; you will drive <laughs> yourself batshit fucking insane, and usually fail miserably in the process.
1: I mean, even if even if they got new people with new ideas, it it doesn't mean that they can't take those ideas and mold it to toward the Nintendo philosophy, toward the you know what the 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 way they want to present it. Presented. I mean, there's there's a there's a word called collaboration. You know, they can work work together. I mean, and, and to be honest, like you know, some of those announcements that while well, they were kind of weird, like that uh, that uh, that um, Dynasty Warriors Zelda combination, like that's like that's weird, but it's an interesting thought that they're combine you know, teaming up with someone else with different ideas and see what you know, throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks, right? You know, and, and, and again, that's that's software, but I mean, that can be applied from from a hardware and peripherals perspective too. You know.
0: Well, that's the other thing, and I think I'd curious, Glacier, what you think of this. As a Nintendo fan, would you be accepting if they bought something and then made it truly
2: Nintendo? Yes, that's what I'm okay with that.
0: I mean, because literally, while it's not going to happen overnight and a year from now we may have to go, you know, well, looks like we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about. I mean, there's nothing new there. But literally, to me, everything I see out of this company, minus that announcement of Dynasty Warriors Zelda mashup, whether that's going to work, whether that's going to be the best-selling game ever, that just tells me that they're trying to at least throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks. Again, another... (laughs) Hallmark of my attitude on how I create stuff. <laughs> yeah, it literally is. I mean, once I get an idea that sticks to the wall, then I go bonkers trying to get it done in the in in the manner that's in my head, you know. But but one of the biggest things I've learned, positive in my life, is that there's you don't you cannot dismiss where ideas come from. You know, and yeah, I, I actually respect the company more when they take something and make it their own. One of my gripes against EA is they just buy stuff and let them do whatever it is until it doesn't make them enough money and they clop them. You know, PopCap didn't change other than ownership and a few people leaving because they got tired of the top brass of the EA, which happens. You know, everybody loves a battery, but that happens at Fortune 500 companies. Across the world on a daily basis. You know, most of the time they're just not under the microscope that EA is. Um, But, and Microsoft and Sony kind of fall in that trap too. But to me, Nintendo has a golden opportunity to start buying up stuff and and turn it into Nintendo. You know, because I do have serious reservations about the long term, and I'm talking decade out, not 10 minutes from now health of Nintendo, if they cannot figure out a way to get more market share, I think they can still survive just under, and do extremely well just under the two battling buttheads, and, you know, because, I mean, if you look at the news with those two, the NPD numbers finally came out, and to listen to those idiots spin it was like, you know, Sony actually was able to make a software or a hardware shortage a wi- a, 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 a good thing for them oh well of course Microsoft's sold more Xbox ones in in December than we did we ran out of ps4s that's not a good thing but they somehow made it sound like one
3: mm-hmm <laughs> it's
0: like what spin, I just see... spin. Yeah, I seem to recall during the PS2 generation, when nobody could find one, except on eBay for about the retail price of a PS3 or more, that that was a bad thing. <laughs> they must have got a new king of shitster PR spin at Sony that they're hiding away somewhere. Because while well, it's bullshit, and anybody with a rational thinking brain just calls it what it is, bullshit. You know, pretty brilliant bullshit. (laughs) I guess the old saying's true: if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. Appears to be working for Sony, Mm -hmm.
3: because
0: they had an even better one today. Oh, we're gonna bring out seventy games in 2014 for the PS4. Are any of them any good? It's like I don't give a fuck. I'd rather have five good games on the system I'm intending to buy when I buy it than 70 and a third of those being shit, the other third being mediocre, and maybe the last bit (laughs) of being good. Mm -hmm. And yet morons are just licking it up like it's, the. look how many games they have. Man, you got a supposed 1.2 million console lead on MS for once. Why don't you just enjoy that and stop filling my RSS reader with crap mm-hmm. about how fucking great you are. But, okay, any final thoughts on the Nintendo stuff? I, I actually, I love this discussion because it, it it puts into perspective, you know, what Nintendo could do if they chose to, to me.
1: Any final thoughts, John? Yeah, I, I I look forward to hearing what the they're going to have to say on the thirtieth. I think the thirtieth is supposed to be a a bit of a uh, a public discussion of their fiscal results and and what some of their intentions are going forward. Uh, not not I don't think it'll be sizzle reels and that kind of stuff. But at least a it'll be interesting to see if Nintendo actually show a change in philosophy or if it's just a pile of of spin and, and double Uh, I, I would love to see them, uh, go for broke and, and do what Nintendo does, you know, can do and, uh, and show, and show how, and, you know, show something, some, something interesting, you know, at least from a philosophy point of view.
0: Yes or no. I have two yes or no questions for you. And then Gleis, I'll kick it to your final thoughts and ask you the same questions. Mm-hmm. First yes or no question, is this part of this because they're Japanese, a Japanese country,
1: company? Part, part of which? Part of the, just
0: their the, attitude the and continual trying to do the same thing in-house, all that. We asked this last time and none of us had a real decisive answer, so I'm just giving you yes or no. Is this cultural because they are Japanese?
1: I think there's a, I think there's a part of it in there, yeah.
0: Um, what the hell was my second yes or no question? I've forgotten it. <laughs> guess, it did, well, guess it wasn't that important. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll think of it while well, Glace is summing up his final thoughts. Any final thoughts on the Nintendo stuff?
2: Um, when I think of Nintendo in terms of the type of stuff they produce, I'm always reminded of Disney and the type of stuff that they originally produced. You know, It's the same sort of target audience, you know, Mario there's a lot of comparisons between Mario and Mickey Mouse I mean we can be honest with that and uh, Disney was pretty pretty stagnant in the type of content they produced in the late 90s, early 2000s um, The animated films that came out during that time was like it was like Chicken little that no one saw home on the range which no one saw you know and all this stuff and even earlier, a few years earlier than that, you could go back to early 90s, too. There wasn't really much going on after uh, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and all that came out. And I'm going to go with that reference more, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Don't forget the other ones I said. And then after the guy that made those died, they didn't really put anything out for a while. And Pixar, and then with Steve Jobs, new animated movies coming out, with people from Pixar going over to Disney in-house studio working on that, uh, like Frozen and stuff. So I feel like what you were saying earlier, Bruce, about buying things, I think I might take that back <laughs> when I'm thinking about this more often. Uh, I think Nintendo needs to find its Pixar, if that makes any sense.
0: My second, you broke up a little bit there, but you, your your point Oops. came through perfectly. Okay. Because uh, you, you, you were talking about Disney getting stagnant, Pixar came out, Jobs did what Jobs does, or did... <laughs> excuse me and then so Disney just basically raided them was what you were saying essentially to get yes, back their yes. mojo yeah part of that was because Jobs hauled ass too mm-hmm. I think around that time that Disney started dipping into their resources I don't think if Jobs had been there and in full command that Disney would have got away with that shit
2: <laughs> oh given, no absolutely not not
0: no. given Apple's penchant for litigating every patent I mean Apple's coming closer and closer to becoming a patent troll now John kicking back to you real quick because I I remember my second yes or no question then I'll ask them both to you Glace yes or no did Nintendo get caught off guard and too complacent when the Wii took off like the unexpected rocket that it was yes Glace yes or no is part of this cultural because Japanese culture is quite a bit different than western culture
2: Oh, wait, I thought was, I was about to answer the "we" the, uh, question. Well, answer that one then. Say yes, same way John said, and the reason for that is shovelware. The
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, the, the two problems Nintendo is facing right now, and they're having a harder time getting out from under it than, say, Sony or Microsoft is, because so much of it is new. We live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society now, right, wrong, or indifferent. And it is trendy or cultural or cool to hate new. And so the first generation of anything is just going to get hammered because it's not what people want, they think. And Nintendo's put out a lot of stuff recently that was the first iteration of something from the Wii and motion control to the 3ds to the wii u and a tablet controller there's been a lot of stuff that people are leery of because they can the majority of folks can lie all they want but people don't like to change they don't like new things it's why people threw a fit about connect it's a large reason why some of these smaller consoles including the steam machines are getting hammered i Which is stupid in the Steam Machines case because there's so many more relevant and actual rational reasons to just batter that thing to pieces. Um, You know, I think a large part of this is is Nintendo's own pig-headedness and part of it's just the society we live in now. You know, Nintendo could do so... And and I'll go further back than the Wii. While the GameCube was a little (laughs) shaky at best, Nintendo did so well with the NES... Super NES, N sixty four, Wii, Cube. That they just could do no wrong for so long that when the bottom fell out or is starting to fall out, they're they're struggling to, to find answers to get the magic back. Maybe Glaceinator's right. Maybe they need to find find their version of Pixar and buy that out and just take off running again. I think the final thing I want to say is I this discussion interesting as it is for myself by no means do i think nintendo is dead in the water and going to be gone in 10 years i i still have faith that they'll find some you know some way to return to to uber prominence i mean they're still prominent make no mistake about it but they got some issues and it's becoming more clear that that those issues need a solution of some type. Okay, uh, our next thing, <laughs> looking at looking at Mister Clock, probably the last thing we'll do tonight. Uh, we have a Cam Man question. This is, I, yeah, it's Camman. He signed out weirdly in the email he sent me, so I get confused. Um, he has some Star Wars questions for us again, and I have to admit, none of these prior to his bringing them up, I'd heard about. I think to a certain extent because I stopped paying attention to Star Wars stuff uh, because the first movies and I mean the first the script for the first movie is just now done and I'm supposed to give a shit about this? (laughs) No. Uh, So he does have some really good questions and he's going to ask them. So take it away, man in a can.
4: What is going on? People, Happy New Year, Happy Third Season of the WonderPod Podcast. First episode of the Man, yeah, I'm in the can of the year. I've been playing a lot of Xbox One games lately, but you know about that because you've been on our forums, WonderPod Online. You've been on the website, wonderpodonline.com, so you know all about the Killer Instincts. And you know all about Call of Duty and Peggle 2, and you know about Spartan Assault as well. So I'm not going to go into the games this week. There's been some news in one of my favorite things, rumors, news, whatever you want to call it. I guess mostly rumors is more accurate about Star Wars. So I'm going to jump right into that. I got three topics of discussion. Why not? Here we go. The first one: They, uh, Disney and Lucas Arts or Lucasfilm, I guess now. They've announced that they're going to be streamlining the expanded universe. That's right, the EU that many people love many people have taken as canon, some of which actually was approved by George Lucas back in the day as canon, is all on the chopping block, potentially. Some of it might stay, some of it might go. There, Basically, what they said was, if it didn't happen directly in the movies, it may not have happened at all. It's potentially going to be Cut out of the history. The expanded universe is streamlined, is what they're going to do. This is probably going to bother quite a few of the ultra-super nerds whose favorite novels they took as canon. Whose favorite video games, favorite whatever. And it doesn't matter. They said video games, novels, comic books, anything. Television shows. All of that could go on the chopping block what do you guys think about that? Are there certain parts of the expanded universe that you don't want chopped out? Are there, Or do you just want a fresh slate, let them do whatever they want to do? I mean, I, for one, wouldn't mind the Star Wars Christmas special to be cut out of the entire Star Wars universe. I think it's out of everybody's minds, but still. But there's other parts I like, I mean... The whole Star Wars The Force Unleashed storyline with uh, Starkiller and the creation of the Rebel Alliance and using his family's crest as the symbol. and I mean, I thought that story was pretty good for a video game. And George Lucas actually approved it as canon. He liked it so much. But that could be gone. What else could be gone? Darth Maul's return into Clone Wars could very well never have happened. Half of me says that's a good thing because they kind of fucked up his character. But having him return isn't a bad idea. So I don't know. I'm iffy about it. I guess overall if they w- they could do whatever they want. And I've always thought that if it didn't happen in the movies, it may not have happened at all. I'm sure there's a lot of pissed off people who know a lot of the novels, who thought they were canon, who now are going to have to wait and see what the truth is. So what do you guys think? Is streamlining the expanded universe and essentially saying if it didn't happen in the movies it may not have ever happened even if George Lucas approved it is this a good thing and what would you like to say see stay and what would you like to see go that's your first question next question there is it's a rumor but it's definitely worth discussing Pixar has been rumored in many different sources to be going to be working on a Star Wars animated movie. This is kind of interesting due to the fact that for those of you who don't know the history, Pixar... So what do you guys think? I think, personally, Pixar making an animated Star Wars movie is exciting. Pixar has, in my opinion, got a little downhill. Not downhill, but they've got a little stale... And I love a lot of their animated movies, but some of the last ones don't seem as good. They're doing sequels, they're not. So why not throw Star Wars in the mix? And have something reasonably serious, too. Like, let's not make it a kids' show. They probably will make it a kids' one, but I would prefer if it was more of a serious one. See what they could do with some more realistic looking CGI than what they're usually doing with animated cartoons. I think that would be pretty cool. So for me, This rumor of Pixar possibly making a Star Wars animated movie. I think that it's a very strong possibility it's going to happen. And I'm pretty excited about it. Now, on to the third question. This one is a stretch. But I'm going to give it to you anyways. I always, why not? There was a rumor also of a Boba Fett movie coming. Not for a while. But in the works. Now, these are. There's also been rumors of Han Solo movies and Yoda movies and even a Darth Ball one, but the Boba Fett one seems to be getting a lot of attention this week. Do you guys. What do you guys think about these side movies? About movies just about one character? Do you think it's a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Are they milking the fucking Star Wars cow? The forces with the milk? What do you think? And here's a weird rumor. The, they're thinking, at least as, according to this rumor, they're not that impressed with the whole story of Boba Fett being a clone. And there's even a rumor suggesting that they're changing the story so that Boba Fett the clone, sometime in between episode 3 and episode 4, is killed and someone replaces him that is not a clone and takes his armor. Now this is a far-fetched rumor that probably isn't true, but still what do you guys think of that? That's pretty crazy. I guess it wouldn't really matter if, if he spends most of his time with body armor on, whether it's an action movie with the character Who was a clone or with another character. But it is a bit strange. Anyways. These are. My three questions. I'll recap quickly. Number one. What do you guys think. About the chopping block. And the expanded universe. So my second question was. Pixar. Make it a Star Wars movie. Highly rumored. What do you think of that? I think it's kind of cool. And my third one, this one's a little more vague. There's another rumor of a Boba Fett movie. What do you guys think about all these side movies? And what do you think about that possibility that Boba Fett is actually a different person in the original trilogies, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, than shown in episode two, kind of strange. Anyways, guys, those are my three Star Wars movies. It's good to be back. I'm not back in the van yet, but I'm sure I will be. So, can man is now out. May the force be with you, etc., etc. See you all. On the flip side. bad man can man whatever man goodbye
1: hey pat man and the can man and the fan man how's it going star wars on the topic of discussion again yeah it's a it's a good topic i i, I always like chatting up star wars it's it's um it's kind of like wrestling for me i like what it, where it's going what has been and and what it's what's it all mean Well, I, uh, as far as your your first question, uh, the expanded universe, now from my point of view, I am usually of the opinion of the movies being the only continuity that, continuity that matters. I mean, it's, it's kind of like wrestling, uh, and, and the house show circuit. If it, if it doesn't happen on TV, it, it, it didn't, like, if a title change happens in your little town and it wasn't televised, it didn't happen. So I, I, I kind of follow that philosophy, uh. Though that being said, um, the, the expanded universe, I idea, uh, that Han and, and Leia have, have their own twin, uh, twin babies and, and they, you know, have Luke as their, as their mentor. Uh, I don't mind that idea. That, that makes sense to me. Uh, but I, I have to admit that I've, I've never really like pursued it to see what, it, what went down after that kind of stuff. But, if, you know, like uh, to, to me, you have to really consider that, that, you know, Disney and and uh, and what's his name, the director. Uh, you know that guy, uh, the Fringe guy. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, they're trying. They're, they're bringing Star Wars to a new audience. They're bringing, you know, the kid. You know, the kid. There's there's the kids who grew up. With you know, like you and I, who grew up with the original trilogy, then there's the kids who who actually grew up with the with the with the Anakin Skywalker trilogy. So now, like they're trying to come into a new set of of kids, and and you know, all that baggage to me is just that. It's baggage. It's an awful lot of stuff to sift through. It's not. A, it's an awful lot of stuff to to uh, to put across and. What's the what's the what of all the stuff that's in the Star Wars universe? What's the easiest thing to get across? A Blu-ray set of the first two of the first two trilogies. Here you go, boom. You know now you can watch these movies. You can you can get up to speed, and you know it's there. It's readily available. Bang, let's go. It's not comic books and books and video games. I mean, I I liked the Force Unleashed story, and, and I and I remember it being considered canon, uh, but. Is it that important to to make sure people remember it? Maybe not. And so, um, I'm not. You know, I, I I have I have no problem with them focusing on the films and and leaving the other stuff go. I'm, I'm not that I'm not a big enough Star Wars fan of that stuff to even to care. Uh, but you know, let's let let's go into this fresh and 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 make some good films that 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 don't have a lot of talking about other you know like what I don't like about movies that ha- that feel they have to have all this exposition about what happened before. Let's move, you know, let's move it forward. I'll, I, you know, fresh and exciting and a reason to care. And so, Glace, I throw it to you. What do you think about the expanding universe getting the choppy choppy?
2: Oh, uh, well, you pretty much just talked about exactly what my whole answer is at the very end there. Basically just saying, what do you care about most? The first the original trilogies, the movies, everything else you don't really care about that much. And you are probably a bigger Star Wars fan than most of the audience that will go see these movies. I'm probably a bigger Star Wars fan than most of the audience that will go see these movies. And I've barely even read any other stuff. And I mean, I like the Clone Wars uh, animated series, but other than that, I haven't really saw that much stuff. And when Disney is going to come out with this movie, are they going to think more about the, oh my God, continuity of Drop of the Hutch lifespan is not consistent with Princess Leia's whip development. I I don't know. Like, They're not going to consider that at all. They're going to consider, okay, most people know the original trilogies, and that's really all that matters, because the majority of people only care about that. So, just from even a way they're going to sell this thing standpoint, they're there's no reason for them to care about making everything fit because that's just too complicated and you're not going to appease enough people if you just said screwed it all and did something super cool anyway.
0: Here's the problem with that concept of, of the, the average moviegoer, Glace. I'll, I'll give you one classic example. Mass Effect 3. If the change, the ending of Mass Effect 3 after a small internet outrage was not enough, some guy, I'm not even going to call him names because it's dedication bordering on autism, has rewritten Mass Effect 3 in a 500 page document on how he thought it should have been. 500 pages. One dude. These movies are being made in the internet age. The first three movies were not. It was the 70s. The second three only got a tiny, tiny bit of the vitriol that the internet is capable of. Because the hate machine hadn't quite fully matured to hive mind status, even when the... the last, uh, last movie came out. So while you guys are correct in a, in a sane world that the average movie goer doesn't know about the books, doesn't know about the force unleashed, which as much as I hated the controls of that those stupid games, the story was great. Um, the controls were just garbage absolute garbage. And I will take every opportunity to go into a tangent about how much I hate them, obviously. Uh, so that's my problem with, with this concept of killing it. Here's where I think they made the mistake with this. I'm uh, They never should have even breathed the word about it. Because you've already got people pissed off by even saying you're going to downsize the cannons. And the reason for that is, and something I said to John off air here a minute ago, was the fact that George Lucas approved some things as canon. Other people think that this is canon because it got mentioned by uh, by Harrison Ford while he was taking a shit at a comic you know, Comic-Con. What people have come to believe is canon is going to be a driving force if it gets cut out. So, even mentioning that you're going to take an axe to the Star Wars Expanded Universe canon has probably, and I refuse to look for it because I don't have the time nor patience to waste, is probably already started an uproar. Whether this is rumor or complete 100% fact, as far as the next movies go... It doesn't matter. They are going to be have to be out of the park home runs. Whether it's expanded universe, pretend universe, invisible universe, universe of women of women, of those green women that Kirk used to mess around with in Star Trek. It don't matter. The the next three movies have to be out of the park, home run, one hundred percent, or you're fucked. <laughs> have I not made this clear enough yet? Because the middle three movies g- caught the internet hate machine. Whether it was mature or not. So, people have already got the torches wrapped with old oily rags. And the pitchfork tongs sharpened. Because if they're not what the nerds expect, you're doomed. It still could make bazillions. I mean, I saw two of the three Recentest trilogy in theaters, and the vast majority of people I was sitting next to were there to watch an entertaining action film, and probably most of them got it. That's not what makes the biggest noise. They're gonna go, Yep, I watched a great popcorn film, go home and have sex with their wife because they're married, because they're not nerds. Is there anybody I haven't offended yet? <laughs> <laughs> Just, just, <laughs> just curious. <laughs> but don't you think that's true, though? That the, the, the even mere mention of it that now, they've screwed themselves.
1: I think, I think, uh, yeah, there is go- there is backlash. I think it might have. If they're gonna, if they're gonna go that that decision, maybe it was better to do it now before it was to Like, give people a chance to get the hate out. And get over that hump, and then hopefully get into the movies a little more, a little more smoothly. You know, and and then again, it also doesn't mean that they can't use stuff from the canon. <laughs> like it doesn't erase, necessarily erase everything. It just means that they're not tied to it. Doesn't that well? See, I as a semi-hard
0: as a semi not hardcore but as a semi Star Wars fan. Meaning, I know more than the average moviegoer, but I refuse to get upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, sorry, Pat Man, I'm gonna throw you under the bus, but like, like his complaints about the actress that's gonna play Wonder Woman completely lost on me. Like, I don't, I, I'm okay with him having that opinion. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me why it matters at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, and, and 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 even though I'm throwing Pat under the bus to a certain extent, the reason I say that is because that's how I view ninety percent of the outrage I see over Star Wars. And they, they Star Wars does have the hardest core of fans going. I just pissed off a whole shit ton of Star Trek fans saying that, but I, I'm sorry, I got to give them the title. I've never seen. I mean when you have a just mind-altering tantrum over who shot first we're done with any rational discussion Han shot first by the way uh <laughs> you know it's over man <laughs> any logical discussion is over and and uh, I I just like I said uh, so much of this stuff when it comes to comic books and Star Wars and Star Trek just goes right over my head because I don't see the point Especially before there's even a single frame of film laid down, which John means. Which John, I agree. This is probably better to get this over with now. But the problem is, I just gave Star Wars fans the hardest of the hardcore title. Uh, I don't think they're going to forget if it pisses them off enough. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Glace? Do you think they should have just kept their damn mouths shut as best they could?
2: Huh. Honestly, I just want to see a good movie. And I'm pretty sure the people that are making it want to see a good movie. And I think they realized the movie that we want to make, which would be pretty cool, it would probably be easier if we just forgot about all this other, this other stuff that we had to go by in terms of how the universe works. So you know what? Just F it, and let's do this. And as someone who's had to like match things into how other past stories work, I totally sympathize with that. Because trying to fit a story that you want to do into a type of story that already exists, it can get really annoying really fast. And it's a lot more creatively liberating to do your own thing than to have to be bound by some already established set of rules. So, I'm all, I'm happy with this more so than mad. So, sorry. <laughs>
0: well, the other side of me, a, the, a very small side of me. Thinks that you should not turn a blind eye towards any source of potential use. I totally get what you mean, Glace. That, that that trying to take something that's already been done, and now you're adding to it, matching that all up so all of the things line up and all the you know eyes are dotted and Ts are crossed. But at the same time, too, saying that we're gonna cut out this and never look at this stuff again. I it, it's kind of it's kind of back to our first topic tonight, Nintendo-ish. That may not be such a good idea either. Cuz who's to say that there's not one gem laying in that pile of stuff you just discarded that
2: could make or break your movies. Mhm. Yeah, like what what John said, I mean, even though they're saying they're not dealing with this, that doesn't mean they can't take stuff from it. Right. Use that inspiration. Right, right. I'm right. just saying, by them saying this, they've allowed themselves to be more open with what they eventually end up doing. They don't have to draw themselves into a corner trying to make everything fit together.
0: Well, and we've talked about this in prior Van Man questions, and and, and prior times we brought up Star Wars. The, the, well, maybe we didn't talk about it, but I've said it over and over again. I'm gonna keep saying it every time we come up, we bring up Star Wars. These next movies are such a crapshoot just there is like no room for m- maybe it's either going to be a massive success or just unmitigated failure j.j yeah. J. abrams is j.j J. abrams has got to have bigger grapefruits than mcmahon that's all i know <laughs> he will yeah. like that reference he will have i'll tell you after the show why <laughs> That nineties reference came up. There's a specific reason for it.
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean, but could you say no to the opportunity though? Ooh. See that's the thing. I feel like as someone who creates well, not movies, but you know, little animated things, you know, if, if I was given an opportunity like that, even though in my back of my head I'd be like, if I F this up, I'll be hated for the rest of my life by probably eighty nine percent of the population. Probably more than that. But at the same time, I also get to work on a Star Wars movie with the same people that were on the first one. I I, I don't think he has balls of steel. I just think he's really lucky.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, you have to have balls of steel to a certain extent to take this job because you just outlined being hated by 89% of the population. and Right now, he's one of the geek gods who it's really difficult to say anything against him without getting just an unmitigated amount of hate, you know. I mean, both those Star, the Star Trek movies were loved. And as much as I gave Star Wars fans the hardcore of hardcore crown, Star Trek's right up there, and it's debatable day in and day out which fan base is more passionate or batshit crazy. Um, i tell you what would make me say no, Glaze, as somebody who likes to create as well, not to the level that you do, but I'll tell you what, what would make me say no. Not money. Not the fact that I might be hated forever and ever. I already am. Uh, <laughs> by some people. Can I, am I being allowed to take it and make it my own? Because that's the brilliance of, of Abrams. He took Star Trek and made it his own. He's pretty much taken everything he's done and made it uniquely his. If I could make the Star Wars uniquely mine you know then i yeah i would totally take the job but if they if there were too many other fingers in the pot pulling and tugging and pushing mm-hmm. i well i'd be out of there well doesn't getting rid of the expanded universe
2: help with that to a
0: certain extent but then you're in a cyclical thing of, of the f- the fan base and how many of them cling to that expanded universe and what they consider canon like you know it's a root off a cliff (laughs) is the problem I mean again that's why I keep saying it's a no win situation I don't think he's going to get look even if there's success he's not getting out of it unscathed he's going to piss off some hardcore nerds there's just no two ways about it
1: yeah of course he is Yeah,
0: I mean when you can be debating and bitching and pissing and moaning about actor types about setting about this and that and there hasn't even been a single frame of film laid down I mean, I wonder how many Jackoffs on the internet that just went bananas when Anne Hathaway was cast as Selena Kyle actually ate their words verbally in public. Hmm. You know, that turned out pretty good. Didn't hear too much bitching after the movie came out, but oh no, four or five set set still frames. Fuck, it's over, man. Apocalypse now. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I, I just cannot work up the energy to get that pissed off until I actually see the final product. <laughs> I, I have enough to get pissed off about when I see the final products in all the mediums <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we endeavor to talk about, which we better get to his next two or We're going to be here till midnight. Uh, second question. There is a strong rumor now that Pixar, da, 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 you guys already heard it. So, uh, Glace, why don't you go first since you're the animation king? Almost said Queen due to your Animal Crossing thing, decided to be nice. Um ah. <laughs> ah. Ah. yeah, I know. I know you're not. He's one hundred percent manly man. The kind of manly man from like like Monty Python's famous lumberjack skit. Um anyway. What you... what uh what do you like the idea of Pixar making an animated Star Wars movie? And what type of movie would you like to see him da.
2: Um I'm pretty sure this is fake, pretty 99.99% sure it's not going to happen, mostly because I'm pretty sure somewhere in the depths of Pixar's creative mantra, whatever you want to call it, I'm pretty sure they have a rule where everything they make has to be an original idea. And I don't know if they just suddenly scrapped that so that they could do this, but I'm pretty sure that's still in place. Uh, there's a documentary you can watch, uh, I think it's just called The Story of Pixar, it doesn't have a fancy name or anything, but they they talk about that and how when they first formed the company, it was like, must be, you know, an original idea, uh, we can't have any castle princesses, that sort of stuff, there can't be any happy village things, you know, so they have rules that they stick by, and I think they're still sticking by them, so... Um, I think even if, but if they were forced to make it, if Disney had a gun to their head, which they probably do right now at all times, uh, I think it would still be good if they did it. Um, even Ewoks I think would be cool in Pixar style. You can't really screw that up with Pixar. so <laughs> However uh, they would do it, it would be pretty cool.
0: By the way, did I hear one of you or was that Pat saying getting rid of the Star Wars holiday special out of the canon? That was Pat, it was, wasn't it? It wasn't me. <laughs> that was Pat in his question. By the way, Can-Man, no. That Albatross, is, that Albatross is stuck around Star Wars' neck until the day of the heat death of the universe. They let that disaster happen, and I have seen it. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> You're never getting that out. Wookiee Life Day will be in the next three movies. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Anyway, John, what do you think of the Pixar deal?
1: Well, I uh I mean, I really don't have a big problem with them doing a Star Wars movie. I I'm, I'm not sure what it would be, but like but why not? Like they're, you know, Pixar are good storytellers. They know how to put on a visual showcase, you know. I mean, like like for example, like uh toy, the the Toy the Toy Story trilogy, it has so many little tips of the hat to Star, star Wars through through them all, like like you can tell that they have a, they have a love for Star Wars and the material, you know, like the opening the opening of Toy Story two with that that big mm-hmm. the big scene with Buzz flying through. Like there's a ton of little Star Wars
2: sounds. In it. Yeah. He, say, he says, you like I'm your father." In it down yeah, the elevator said, shaft.
1: <laughs> exactly right. I mean, so th- so just imagine like that opening and you know that kind of setup with lightsabers. You know, I mean, why not? I mean, I mean, it'd be fun. I, I think I don't know if it would be canon. But it would certainly be a fun movie, and I mean, I, I think I think Pixar might be a better fit for Marvel animated movies. Like you know, the, the Incredibles kind of showed me that. You know, they did they did the Fantastic Four than Marvel better than Marvel did, and you know, I, I think they could do good Marvel movies too. But but a Star Wars by Pixar, I wouldn't have any trouble with any problem with.
0: Two things, Glace, going back to what you said, that may trump disney with a bazooka to their head jobs is dead and it's fucking star wars (laughs) you know i mean those those two things because jobs hilariously these two topics keep tying in jobs was pretty much the nintendo of america (laughs) he only wanted original ideas or ones that he thought nobody knew he stole uh (laughs) and he wanted it done his fucking way and so he was the driving force behind founding pixar i don't i think they still have those rules in place and 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 i respect the fact that they have those rules tremendously but it's fucking star wars again it's to me it's like your question about abrams turning down the job on the potential of being the most reviled man in north america you know So, I don't you think?
2: You I mean in terms of uh, them turning it down?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it, like, it's too good to pass up. Yeah, because...
2: like what I said earlier. Yeah. Be- I, I think that because that, choosing to do Star Wars, J.J. J. Abrams, like that, that's more of a director sort of, I want to do this. And that's in terms of a movie, a normal movie. An animated movie is a million bazillion times different than a normal movie, and because when you when you're doing an animated movie, you have to think about every single little thing from the bottom up. And I think there's a whole lot more people that you're going to have to put that pressure on than if you just than with a J.J. Abrams Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I mean there is that because again it's fitting it's well. There is that to a point when that animated movie, but here's my thing. Here's the other thing that he asked in his question that I completely want to bring up. Every Pixar movie ever made is made for kids, but has stuff for adults in it. After I was forced to watch the original Shrek, and and this is serious. It's like it's a kid's cartoon. I don't give a shit. And I was asked very politely by my girlfriend to sit my ass down on the couch and watch it. And I pretty much watched Pixar movies ever since, and I'm an adult. There's always stuff in them for for adults. Shrek, uh, the Toy Stories, you know, all of them. So I think Pixar should make, if they are indeed making these movies, for kids. And screw the hardcore nerds, screw canon for that matter, make them for kids make them enjoyable for kids, and throw the caveats and nice touches that, that Pixar is just geniuses at throwing in for adults. I mean, think about how many adult jokes there are in the three Shreks. You know, the kids laugh along because you're laughing, but they don't get it. I have I have actual physical evidence of seeing this this taking place to back me up on that. And that's why I've always respected Pixar immensely, being able to intertwine c- good family entertainment with stuff that's not going to bore adults to tears, like some of the '90s Disney stuff. <laughs> uh,
3: um,
0: so I, I, I think I don't know. I had I had conveniently had a little amnesia about Pixar's methods of doing things. So now I'm less into the idea. But if it does indeed come to pass, they should make them for kids like they do their other movies, throwing in the appropriate adult jokes.
2: Well, I don't know if you ever heard this quote from Walt Disney, but it goes, uh, I do not make films primarily for children. I make them for the child and all of us, whether we be six or 60.
0: So. Yeah, I've heard that quote from Disney a lot of times. And it's that should be every every
2: movie. Almost. I mean... Well, maybe not Silence of the Lambs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Silence yeah. of the Lambs, Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, uh, uh, you know, uh, the slasher fleet. Uh, it definitely should apply to every animated movie made. And I think that's something Pixar definitely keyed in on when they formed. And, and, and as much as maybe I didn't like everything Steve Jobs did he was brilliant at coming up with concepts like that or or borrowing them. I wouldn't even call that stealing because that's just a quote from Disney talking about, you know, making animated films, and I think that quote was in the 50s. Um, And it still applies today totally to animated films. Uh, And and that's the magic of the Pixar films. You know. Okay, the final one. Um, Who went first? Last question. Placed Then John, uh, t- t- touch on the third one. This was the. L- that, it's a great question, but this was the least fascinating to me because this sounds like moo mmm,
1: milk milk. Um, <laughs> yeah, side movies. Yeah, I, I, for me, I don't. I don't think there's much of a need for side stories featuring Han Solos and Boba Fett's and you know, Ewok number two. Like, I really. Don't, I, it doesn't. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. Unless they give me something to care about, and I, and I I just don't I'm not sure if I see what what I'm gonna care about and and whether or not these will tie into the other trilogy I don't know or the new trilogy like it does kind of the idea that there's gonna be this trilogy and then other you know side stories kind of reeks of you know the the Marvel strategy of you know you know a little bit opposite like like you know we have the single Iron Man Thor Captain America movies leading up to this big ass you know, Avengers movie and Avengers movies to follow. This is going the you know we've got these big movies with with our supporting cast doing other other shit, um, or at least you know characters referenced to. I, I I don't know. It's, it's it's a little bit different but similar I guess. But uh, but I, I need a reason to care and uh, and uh, and that would mean having good stories. I I don't know how much depth there is in a Boba Fett story. Whether it's the whether it's the you know the kid from the from the first trilogy or not, I mean, uh, Pat, you know, Pat, did ask? Does it? You know, what do I think about switching out the clone Boba for somebody else in Boba armor? I don't care uh, right now. Uh, if if there's a re- if if that's the basis of a movie, they need to give me a reason to care that some guy gets eaten by the starlack or whatever that's called, <laughs> that, that thing in. in uh, is Je- yeah, it Jedi? Um, you know, give me a reason to care. Han Solo, uh, might have some um, amount of reason for me to care, but then again, it's not gonna it's not gonna be Harrison Ford as a young man. It's gonna be somebody else as Han Solo, I guess. Unless you know, maybe an anime an animated Han Solo movie might be kind of fun. the The Pixar one with you know some appropriate voice actors and such. Maybe that could be fun, but. You know, if it's a a, a, a regular film, I, I I need I need something to care about again. How about you, Glace?
0: Well, oh, wait a minute, one sec. Uh, as oh, long Bruce. as they follow the Marvel model and not DC's can of worms approach.
1: Yeah, well, the, well, the Marvel model <laughs> is, the Marvel model is the Disney model, right?
0: Yeah. DC doesn't seem to understand the concept of. I'm not sure what DC understands. As much as I made fun of Patman ten minutes ago for his comments, I'm I'm DC confuses the fuck out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, Star Wars has the advantage of it, is that I, I mean, for the from the Marvel stuff, they made these they made the single superheroes leading up to the ev- event. Like Avengers was the event film. You know what I mean? As much as the other ones were still blockbusters you know avengers was the payoff to these smaller ones i think star wars has the advantage in that the films are going to be events no matter what they are no matter if, if there was if there was spin-offs or not they are the event films so they they kind of have that base dc is trying to you know they they should they should be able to pull it off but they're they're struggling i
0: yeah i don't we've we've talked that one to death i'm not even we have yeah play. we have because I was just defending the Wonder Woman actress ten minutes ago, and then and, and proceeded to spend two shows shitting all over Ben Affleck. So it's not like I'm not. It's not like I'm I'm not capable of it. But then again, there's for the show stuff and what I'm doing when I'm on my own time too. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that line does get blurred, and I make no bones about or denials that that happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> Affleck, one look. The bottom line with Affleck is once he made Daredevil, it was over, man. I mean, it's just it's (laughs) comedy, it's comedy gold as far as show material. And I don't care if I'm appearing on this podcast or ten other podcasts that talk that bring him up. You know, I'm going to make fun of him for Daredevil. It's just going to happen. Um, Glace, what do you think of this tie-in? I'm not going to do what I did when John started talking. What do you think of this tie-in idea?
2: Um, I think with movies that are these grand epics, you know, uh, Star Wars, maybe not so much Lord of the Rings because that's based off of a book and they have the, what's the book that explains everything, Silmarillion, whatever. Silmarillion. Yeah, that one, and explains stuff, so maybe not Lord of the Rings. What's another movie with, that's a really long, drawn-out saga? I, I don't know.
0: Indiana Jones? <laughs> Indiana Jones, yes,
2: exactly. Indiana Jones. Those types of movies Quest movies. I feel like the supporting characters in those movies and they have them are incredibly important helping move along this you know, movie and you know the dialogue and all this stuff. But besides that I think the reason why people tend to like the supporting characters so much is because there's a sort of, sort of certain mysticism mystery about them in a way in terms of that we don't follow this character the whole way through the movie. We follow the main character through, we know everything about them. But the side characters, you know, we don't know every single thing about them. And in that way, our brains, we sort of fill in what we want to fill in to know about them. And so in that way, those characters become a lot more individual to us, I think, than the main characters do. You know, and so I think if you start exploring these side characters and side adventures, and you start sort of start ruining the what 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 stuff you attribute to them personally, and they become a lot less personal and a lot more defined, and a lot less more exciting. I think. So, they'll probably do them, and the people probably like them, but I think for me personally, it's going to take away from how I imagine them in my head, you know. So,
0: I'll I'll get to what Glace is saying in a minute because I have a a, I was thinking the similar thing, and I have a classic example to illustrate it about uh, so, you know kind of not main characters but let's make no mistake about this this is this is milking bossy the cash cow because they are banking on being able to use the excuse that there's so much time between these three trilogies that they don't want to lose fan interest which is ridiculous Because every bit of news that comes out about this thing, that the script is only now written, garners shit like this. (laughs) What we're doing right here. Nobody's even warmed up a Panaflex camera yet. And we're talking, this is what, show number three now? (laughs) That we're spending at least 45 minutes on it? Mm -hmm. Glacinator's got the absolute right of it, though. The less you know about the supporting cast as far as their characteristics, I think the better it works. It doesn't detract from the main characters. It doesn't give directors and scriptwriters the opportunity to give to uh, give in to their selfishness of, hey, they learned this about Han Solo in his spin-off movie. So let's make old Han Solo go visit this grave. That's on some butthole planet. In a ninth dynasty. As a tangent. Because we need to fill time. You know. The other problem with attempting to flesh out these characters. Is sometimes you can't capture lightning in a bottle twice. What makes Han Solo. Boba Fett. Jabba the Hutt so endearing, C-3PO, R2-D2, so endearing is the fact that they just became what they are organically without any definition. And if you don't believe that, all I have to say to you is Jar Jar Binks. Lucas has said when he was allowed to speak without people trying to stab him over and over and over again, he was trying to add a character for comic relief like C-3PO and R2-D2 were. And if you go back and look at the original trilogy, peeling off the 70 cents of rose-colored glasses now that we have a canon that's, like, you know, unwieldy, that's, at their core, that's what R2-D2 and C-3PO were. They were a plot device for 10 seconds, and then they were comic relief for three movies. Now, obviously, Jar Jar Binks didn't work out, but that's because he tried to force the comic relief in. When it when it's organic, or at least it, it feels organic in the script, then it works. But you have classic example of how side characters work and don't work in the first two trilogies. You know, C-3PO and, and R2-D2 have been elevated to this status and culture, but I, I, you know, I'm able to look at them, you know, at, 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 as they were presented without all that cultural shielding, and and every time I watch the original three trilogies, my brain keeps telling me the same thing: they were a plot device for a certain amount of time, you know, help me, Obi Wan, noodle, Kenobi, you're my only hope, and then they were comic relief. I mean, I laughed. I was a kid, and I laughed my ass off at their antics in the Death Star you know the 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 scene with the garbage compactor it's in in a way it almost took away from the the seriousness of what was going on down below because you're watching these this one droid that knows what it's doing and the other one that's just clueless and bumbling almost killing these people and you're laugh, and I laugh harder now that I'm an adult you know mm-hmm. I mean, the seriousness of it paid off because you have that payoff at the end where they do not you don't exactly know whether they were crushed or not. But, I mean, obviously, I've seen the movies 87 times, so I know now. But you can still analyze things and look at them as they were intended to be. Uh, I i just don't see... I, I just... I don't see... Uh, the bottom line is I don't see the value in fleshing out any of the side characters. Um, unless you're introducing somebody new. You remember, John, how you talked about the Marvel uh, formula? Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Look, Iron Man's got a movie. Look, this is Captain America for those five people that don't know who they are. All of them Al-Qaeda members. This is... I'm missing one. Iron Man. Wait, I said him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Iron Man. He's a drunk in a suit. Uh, This is Mm -hmm. Thor, son of Odin. Uh, You know... Hey, we got a great idea. What if they were all to team up? You know, I mean, they made the they made that formula for people who'd never picked up a comic book. If you're introducing a new nemesis or side character or something along those lines for the next set of films in the Star Wars universe, one that the audience, no matter how soft or hard their cores may be, then I could maybe see a spinoff movie to give you a a ninety minute glimpse of that character. You see what I'm saying Mm-hmm. Does that work more for you than than defining existing characters Maybe it'd work if it was new characters
1: well it, it comes down to what I said about giving me a reason to care right like, like if if there's if there's a point where yeah like the villain had a run in with Han Solo, the villain had a run in with whoever, you know, if the, if those things happen, no problem. I, I like it it's perfectly fine for me.
0: But doesn't the the unknown and the potential that you may miss something in the next of the the massive saga give you like almost a built-in reason to care?
1: Does the fact that it's, that something like that could be there, you mean?
0: Right. The potential, the unknown, the potential for—if I don't see this, I won't be in on the thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I saw. There, there is an element of that. I mean, I'll—I'll I'll probably be the first to admit that if there was a Boba Fett mo- movie, I'll probably go, <laughs> just because it's Star Wars. But, but I, you know, i, I could see myself coming out of it if there—if there wasn't a reason to care, I, I'll be, you know, internet hive mind bitching. <laughs>
0: Turn off, you're telling me now, turn off Twitter. for. You know, it's funny because outside of the main characters, there's really... Boba Fett's probably the closest. But the funny thing about Boba Fett for me is I didn't give that much of a shit about him in the original trilogy. It was hearing his lineage and how he... how What he had to do with the Clone Wars and the clones and their, their start via the books. See... We're almost talking ourselves into you cannot go through this canon with with an axe without really screwing yourself. Because Boba Fett fleshed out in book form and video and, and other form made him more of a compelling character than just a random bounty hunter. Now, mm-hmm. I'm always going to... I, I play Assassin class and 90% of the damn uh, MMOs I play, so I always kind of like the, the roguish characters. So... Han Solo and, and and Boba Fett are are going to be, you know, is something interesting to me, mm-hmm. because they're kind of the yin and the yang of what's potential with a roguish type character. You either have the full-on assassin or you have Han Solo. Um, Glace, what about you? Introducing new characters? Is that any, any other elements to these spin-off movies, or do you like John? Reason to care?
2: Uh, introducing new characters, sure. But going back to supporting characters and that whole argument. I mean, you can't have the supporting characters without the main characters. It, it just doesn't work. I mean, it's like if you uh, took... I mean, basically what you're going to have happen is, like, the Wizard of Oz movie that just came out. Oz, you know? Uh, you know, Wizard of Oz, there's a lot of comparisons with that to Star Wars in terms of going on a journey to get something. You know, and then you have a remake now where you take one of the characters who was a supporting character, you know, and the main in the original movie, and you make a movie all about him, and it doesn't really do that well just because, you know, you don't have everyone else there to make it makes sense, you know? I mean, if you cast that character as the main character, but not without the supporting aspects, well, then it's not the same character anymore. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm all for doing more, more doing new stuff and less recycling old stuff.
0: That works. I think we beat this topic to death. Yeah, <laughs> and I got and I got my one. Why are we caring about actors and actresses before a movie's even shot? ran out. Sorry, can man, I threw you under the bus a little bit, but you're one of the <laughs> one of the one of the few people I could like actually name that I saw complaining about it. Because uh, that again, uh, it's the blending of when I'm not on the show and when I'm on the show. But Affleck's a bad example because I'll take I'll take any opportunity, <laughs> parties, whatever, <laughs> to just batter him to death for Daredevil because I hate Daredevil. Uh, okay, that's enough show for the show. Two topics, <laughs> and that was it. It's like two and a half hours. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, take an axe star cannon. We have a bunch of different ways you could do that. Uh, first off Facebook, we've got our Facebook it's WonderPot online. just search Wonderpot online shoot us a friend request you know the drill. We have a website it's wonderpotonline.com wonderpotonline.com that is, this podcast is posted there. If you've been getting this podcast from iTunes because you stumbled upon it and you're tired of downloading mp3s when I post this podcast, you can go there and listen to an embedded player and it's also got handy links and other things on the site uh Patman playing games on his Xbox 1 game trailers a little wrestling just really all depends on the week. Um we are on iTunes as I just said, search Wonderpod in the store, you'll find us. If you don't like iTunes and we know some people don't, uh we have we are at archive.org and with archive.org once again just throw in a search um you know Wonderpod or Wonderpod in the episode you're looking for and it'll bring it up. Uh, we have YouTube channels. Glacenator's got his YouTube channel. I've got my YouTube channel, which has actually got a somewhat funny video of cows attacking a trail camera on it currently. Uh, we got a WaterPod Online YouTube channel and 360 we YouTube channel, which has a bunch of X1, Xbox One videos and also has old older videos uh, with clips of the show set to video, which is kind of cool. Uh, I may have to nag him, see if he can, I can get him into doing that again one of these days uh we have a twitter it's at wonderpod online all one word at wonderpod online and if none of that works for you we got an email address it's wonderpod at wonderpodonline.com wonderpod at wonderpodonline.com or you can follow me on twitter at o-r-i-g-i-m or you can follow john on twitter
1: at john keo j-o-n-k-e-h-o-e until episode
0: 192 which may be mcgee free i am bruce mcgee i'm out of here people see ya Cheers. Lost the glycemator.
2: Uh, <laughs> okay there. It would not unmute. I was but like an idiot <laughs> red.
3: <laughs>
2: like, no, say bye. No, no. <laughs> Tell the nice
0: people bye bye.
2: <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry for being muted. I just prolonged this show by another 30 seconds of your precious time (laughs) how dare I